Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, you ready? Wow, that is big. Happy New Year to all the listeners, everyone in the whole, 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 whole. Hello, welcome to the Front Three. It's Q and A Saturday, the first Front Three of 2016. Happy New Year! Happy New Year to you, Lawrence. HNY, Adam. HNY. HNY. Yeah, happy Happy New Year. Oh right. Uh, happy New Year to you as well, Dave. Cheers, mate. Happy New Year to all the listeners, everyone in the whole. Hopefully, had a good 2015, <laughs> and 2016 will be better. I love it. I love it. Uh, Thank you very much for listening, as Dave's saying there, uh, 2016. That that, that was the first year back then, 2015, the the front three. Things are going to get bigger and better in 2016, so thank you for listening with us. Uh, If you have any questions or comments, you can tweet us at the front three. And if you're feeling particularly generous, feeling particularly nice, you can go on iTunes right now and give us a review of the podcast. It doesn't have to be five out of five, but I mean, you know, that would be nice. Um, yeah, but anyway, please do, though. Let's please, that'd be on. really nice. Yeah. Let's move on to the questions. And Cameron Falcus has the honour of getting answered the first question of wow. 2016. that is big. I mean, it is big. And it's Cam, a good Cam. one. Well done, Cam. Um, Cameron wants to know, who are the most overrated players right. in the Premier League? <laughs> it was the first question. Cameron got in there first. You got the first question, That's Cameron, and you wasted it. Um, <laughs> you Cameron, got if you the can't ultimate tell Cameron that Lawrence you... doesn't like questions about nope. overrated or underrated players because he believes players are rated. They're just rated. Um, who's the, do you say who's the most overrated or underrated? Overrated. Can't um, believe you wasted a question, Cameron. The most overrated question of the year. Uh, <laughs> it is the question is pretty overrated. Um, He's I, overrated. I think we're obliged to answer, so I'm going to say it's not Wayne Rooney anymore because everyone say hates Deli Alley. What? <laughs> I mean, that's just so to good. annoy you. Uh, so you picked that yeah. question. Um, Deli Alley, not overrated, mate. No, so no, I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Mate, uh, Jamie Vardy, I'm just going to say he's overrated. Yeah, definitely. There maybe, you go. Uh, there you go. Maybe a little bit of Coquelin. Ooh. Maybe he's become too too rated now that now he's actually over his rated ability, Lawrence. What would you what would you reckon? I don't know. I don't, to be honest, I, don't, I think rating players is such a hard thing to do. Basically, when you rate a player, you say what your perception of that player is. Mm. You're sort of you know yeah, everyone can it, put forward their suggestions. Into. It just seems to me it always just seems a little bit of a snide way of sort of being like I don't really like that player. Um, I don't. I, 
I don't I really have a rated or underrated yeah. list because it's not really in my interest. But uh, I see what he's trying to say. Um, you know, I feel a little bit sorry for a lot of people uh, underrate and overrate is Lazar Markovic. When he first came to Liverpool, he had so much potential. Um, <laughs> and he's been le- loaned out now and people sort of talk about him in this terrible way. But uh, so I feel a bit sorry for him. Um, I'm tempted as well to say Lauren Koscielny is a very good player, but the way some people talk about him, Ooh. as if he's the best defender in the world ever. He's a good just player. Relax. Yeah, of course. But let's just relax a little bit. You know? uh, next question. <laughs> <laughs> next, next question. You've really not started off 2016 in the best way, have you? Adam? No, Arsenal fans are going to kill me on Twitter. Never <laughs> go on the wrong side of Arsenal fans. Hashtag I am the home. Uh, here's a great question from Morgan. Oh, sorry, Robbie Savage. He's the most overrated player. Sorry, oh, my mistake. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah, I've got no problem saying that. Yeah. Great question here from Morgan Ryan. He said, what did you think of the new Star Wars? Um, I thought it was very enjoyable, Morgan. I think it wasn't a great film. It had its flaws. And as a big Whoa. fan of Star Wars, uh, I was somewhat a little bit disappointed that it was almost uh, a retread of episode four. Come on, spoilers. You no can't spoilers. People haven't seen it I'm, yet. Of course. There's no spo- I'm not spoiling anything. I'm just saying. You are. That. When you say I think it was a rehash of a previous... <laughs> you that's can't. a legitimate concern. It doesn't necessarily spoil uh, what, what people don't want to be spoiled about, is what I would say. Um, I'm going to give it 7 out of 10. Lawrence... I'll, I'll give it a seven out of ten as well. Dave, um, for I'm a gonna give out. it an eight. Wow! I went with my mum and dad on nice. Boxing Day, and it, I thought it was. I really enjoyed it. I had a good time. It's entertaining, yeah. Um, yeah, good, good fun. Um, next question is from Luke Mufc. I think this is an easy one. He said, what? "Sorry, I thought he was said, uh, do Villa have what it takes to stay up?'" They didn't actually say that. He said, "What do Villa have to do to stay up?" Um, I don't think they could do anything at this point to stay up. I, don't, I, don't, I think they can. I think I they have to focus more, focus more on direct football, Rudy Gestead, uh, and getting it around uh, straight up to the front man. Not, they, not trying to play the football, just do it. I'd argue the other way. I think that they've, they're switching <laughs> to a, the exact opposite. The Remy guard diamond in midfield. I think that's, that you know, could be a good way to dominate the midfield in the Premier League this season. We've seen a lot of players, you know, a lot of teams playing a, a, a flat 4 4 2. So the likes of um, Guyan and Viv2, they could start to play some good stuff. Jordan Ayo started to hit a little bit of form. I feel that they've got a... They signed Rudy Gestead in the summer and I had big hopes for him in terms of fantasy. I thought he'd bang the goals in, but he's not. So I think if they've got, they, they probably need to sign a striker. Um, they've been linked with Lock Remy um, of late. So maybe if they could get Lock Remy and Jordan Ayo up front with Viv2 in the back, that's quite a mobile front three in a way. I think they need to be a bit more pragmatic is what I'm saying. I think they can... Uh, when it isn't working for them... I think they've they tried that though. But when they're getting outplayed by the bigger teams, I think they need to need to have that adap- adaptable edge. I agree with what Dave's saying. I also mm. think that they could they could probably make more of the the players they have. I'm happy to see that Jordan Ayew has come through because he, you know, he was yeah. There's a lot of mistakes or problems that maybe he was set to have, and he's uh, overcome some of those under guard. So I like it. Mm. Um, can Chelsea make it out of this slump? And who will they need to sign next season? Um, it's, it's looking difficult for Chelsea. I mean, you, we've seen, uh, I think John Obi Mikel came out last week and said the atmosphere is better uh, under Goose Hiddink than uh, Jose Mourinho. But they're currently 14th in the table, 20th. I mean, w- what does it mean to get out of this slump, to be to be playing well, to get back into the sort of top four, five, six? Probably that, yeah. Probably to get out of it. To get out of it means to play your way out. Uh, I don't and think to, to be at least in the top half of the table, right? I think you will. Do you think they finish in the top half of the table? 
I think they will, yeah. I think that's the focus, right? They've got to do well and they've got to stabilise their form in the league and then they've just got to focus on the Champions League. They've got to scrap, you know, if they say if they've got a big game on Saturday against Manchester United, but then the following Tuesday they've got to play in a wet Bayern Munich, scrap the United game and, you know, rest all their players and then, you know, unleash them all in the Champions League. We could still see something with Chelsea. Obviously, they did win the Champions League in a similar situation where they sacked their manager and then... Um, Di Matteo came in. There was a lot of sort of player empowerment. John Terry looked like the manager, and then they went on to win the trophy. So that's what Chelsea should really focus on: is just winning the Champions League. Can you imagine? I was about to say, uh, you know, in terms of players they can sign. The second part of that question next summer, they're not going to qualify for the Champions League next season. So yeah. therefore, it's very difficult to imagine who they could sign. You know, Anton Griezmann, who someone's always yeah. looking for Chelsea, but if there's no Champions League football there, lack of money. Um, but like you say, 2012 was pre. Similar. unprecedented yeah so for, yeah. it could happen and it has happened to the same team before um but it won't question, question as well is do they need do they need to sign any players or do they need to just bring some through these you know some of these young players through you know yeah, Masood, um Solanke all the lads you know I feel that they've got enough depth there in their youth system I've, that they should just be sort you, of scrapping the big signing and maybe just going with that but you can see the likes of Diego Costa leaving next summer maybe even Cesc Fabregas yeah. so they probably do need a few Big name so experience. Marco Royce could be a good signing for them. Oof. Maybe a Bemiang, someone Oof. like that. Yeah. If they... There we go. Uh, next question <laughs> is from Wellesley. He said, can West Ham push for a place in Europe this season? Um, so that would mean a minimum of fifth, I imagine. Um, yep. I don't think all... they're going to finish top five. Uh, we, we all know the opinions on Bilic. You know, he's <laughs> ten, 10 games in and then he suffers. What did we see in the Premier League? Adam, you said a great stat on the last podcast that if you haven't listened to it, go and check it out. He said that, you know, he said that uh, they haven't won in the last 10 games before they went against Southampton. That was, yeah. at, in fact, after the te- after the 10th game. Sorry, they haven't won in the last eight. Yes. Say that again. Um, yeah, and that was after their 10 games. Mystic so just, Dave it, is what I like to call him. Bilic turns. What's the problem with him? Um, Mortada Nasir said, why is this podcast just so good? Um, that's very we don't kind. Know. We actually don't. Know. Yeah, that's very kind it's, of you to say. But um, yeah. sorry, can't tell yet. Uh, I, I, we appreciate the fact that you think it's so good. So how could you. we make it better? I think is the question we should ask. Ooh, maybe we ask less Lawrence, more Dave and Kristen. Less Lawrence, more, <laughs> more Kristen. Yeah, <laughs> I like Kristen. That's, that's, that's harsh on you, Lawrence. That's harsh on you, Lawrence. Um, yeah, that's a good. If if anyone else would like to know how we can go from so good to so so good then then tweet us um next question is from alex he so said, so so good Alex said if leicester win the league or get top four should danny Drinkwater be in the england squad uh we said last week that the, the first part of that question isn't going to happen but what about just the danny Drinkwater part of the equation should he be in the england squad dave i, I just i think there's too many players that are established um, in this England team, I think Danny Drinkwater would come along as a, you know, as a sort of a squad player, maybe not even as a sub. So I don't think so. I think the likes of Barkley, Sterling, uh, you know, you got James Milner in central midfield, uh, Jordan Henderson, Michael Carrick potentially could be in there. I think there's a little bit too much quality there in central mm. midfield, but he's been very, very good. I think that with him as a player as well, it might do do him some good to have a summer off after he's had such a big season with Leicester. So I don't think he will be in the squad, but you know if he continues his form, he probably will merit a place. Uh, next question here is about the League Cup final. It's from Aussie As. Who's going to win it, Lawrence? Um, the favourites at the moment are City, Liverpool, Everton, Stoke, 
I mean, Liverpool, would you? That would be, that would be a nice trophy for Klopp uh, to win. I think Liverpool would be a good start. Um, I'd like to see Everton go on a cup run. I'd say Everton. Yeah. Or Stoke, yeah. that would be nice. To see. Or Stoke, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah Stoke would be. Nice. Although yeah. I'd rather see Everton. I'd like to see. I'd like to see um, Everton lift something. We've got a few good questions here from Jake Killov. He asked four, but I'm only going to ask two. Uh, out of fairness but thanks Jake for your questions very good questions and he's also got David Brent as his, uh, his Twitter profile picture which so he must be a genius hurts. yeah um, Jake says are we quantifying managers pro- properly I very very much doubt it Lambert at Moyes uh, sorry Lambert at Villa Moyes at United are his examples um, it's very difficult to the small sample that those that uh, Moyes had uh, mm. I mean, it's fairly easy to say in that short term when it wanted, but now, in, with retrospect, it looks very different um, because of the record of other managers in that uh, the, the, the in that time. Uh, and then with Lambert, it's a bit different, though, isn't it? Because again, though, you'd also say now, looking at the uh, the the context, if you like, of uh, Villa, maybe he is still a bad manager. Yeah. He didn't do all he could, I think, with Villa. Do you think that we are maybe? I don't. I don't think he's a bad manager, but I mean, tried. But I, I, you know, I do think there is. There, you know, obviously, there's elements of what you need to be a good manager mm. in the Premier League. And I just sort of doubt do whether think... is he one of the best twenty. Probably not. Is he a good manager? Probably yes. Do you think, Dave, that um, you know we see managers sacked? All the time, obviously, in the Premier League, and there was sort of talk, you know, that uh, Gary Monk was sacked unfairly not too long ago. It's up for debate, of course. But do you think the the general public and analysts? Do you think they're they're harsh on managers, and do you think they're giving them enough credit and sort of giving them the right respect in a way? I think it's difficult. Again, going back to the question, it's difficult to know how much respect we should give him in a way. You know, he said quantify. It's difficult to quantify something when you don't know what the manager is controlling. Is the manager controlling mm. transfers? Is he just controlling training and match day? Is he got a scouting network that helps him out? Does he have someone that preps a team report for his team? You know, basically, we can't properly quantify them because we don't know their full responsibility. So we can't judge exactly. them on every individual little thing. Most fans can only judge on the results and what they see on the pitch. But of yeah. course, they're, they're, that's a big not, part, though, not, right? Yeah, but of course, a massive percent of the job is off the pitch as well. As you yeah, say, you, you'd say so. It's got to be, you know, the signings is, is big, integrating players in how they are and so forth. But yeah, what we can see is how the style of football that they want to pull, you know, push across. And that's becoming a really big thing you know, after the likes of Barcelona and Bayern Munich. People really do care about the style. So that's somewhere to judge a manager on and how he, you know, you can perceive how he gets along, along with his players in the I press. Mean, so, we, we did mention it last yeah. week, sort of talking about how Wenger, the whole barren spell that Arsenal went through, may be perceived differently in the future uh, than it was at the time. Um yeah, it's interesting. I, 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 always, I always think it's, you require a bit of context on everything, and the more details you have, which probably come out in uh, the time afterwards, is always going to help mm. you. So I think at the time, it's about the people who are most aware or sort of uh, most able to analyse things, and that's where statistics and those sort of things immediately come in. But then also you've got to go with your gut, and I think a lot of people sort of theorise on what your gut means and why people mm. have those sort of gut feelings. I think a lot of people sort of criticise, you know, people like Alan Shearer and... Uh, to some extent, people like, well, actually, we shouldn't include Robbie Savage in that because most of the time his gut's wrong. But, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, they, they, they include uh, football pundits who don't necessarily use statistics and those sorts of things. Mm. Uh, actually, your gut can be right sometimes. But you, what you need to do is, is give it some sort of context. And most of the time, the best pundits are the ones who gives it, give it context. And the same with managers. Who has asked this? Oh, Jake has got another good question here. Dave, you can answer this one. Uh, with Pep leaving 
probably, for City in the summer. Will there be any change in parity in the Bundesliga? Um, Ancelotti coming in, of course. How do you think that's going to affect uh, the title race? Could be quite interesting. Obviously, Tom, Thomas Tuchel's taken this Borussia Dortmund team, you know, potentially to the next level in terms of their style of play. Uh, you know, playing with the ball a lot more, breaking teams down in a different way to how Klopp breaks teams down. But with Ancelotti as well as a manager that does very well in Europe, you know, we all know his European record. But sometimes his league form does fall. You know, we've seen Madrid when he won the league; they didn't when he won the champ. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Sorry, they didn't win the league at Milan when he went through that really good spell of reaching Champions League finals. Milan were finishing sixth, fourth, you know, around those sorts of positions. So it could be quite interesting. I potentially put my money on now on Borussia Dortmund winning it next year. Wow. You heard it here first. Um, next question is from AKA, AKA Juice26. For me, he's the third best striker in. Oh, right. There was a, a first part to this question. Would you read guys. It right, Adam, read it right. Sorry, it was two questions. I sort of read it all wrong. Okay. Would you guys consider Adarice from Athletic Bilbao world class? He's 34 years old and still causes defences troubles. For me, he's the best, third best striker in the Liga after Suarez and Benzema. Um, Davies obviously had, or Lawrence Ray's obviously had a very impressive 2015. I, I haven't seen enough of him. To Dave, be, to, uh, he's to obviously had a very impressive 2015. He led Bilbao to, uh, to I think it was their first major honour for 30 years or something like that. Um, world class, though, for me, means they would get into any team in the world. They'd be an automatic starter. So I wouldn't say he's world class. No, he's just hitting the peak of his career, I'd say. He's, he's very, very good in the air. He's a target man, old-school English-style player. Um, in, the last, uh, two, in the last three seasons, sorry, he scored 14 goals with his head. Only Ronaldo scored more in that period. So he's a player that's very old-school. But I, don't, I wouldn't class him as world-class. I just think he's hitting his form. Like Luca Toni, when he was um, banging the goals in his career, obviously still is banging the goals. But when he had a really good spell of scoring 30, 29, 30, he's sort of in that same bit where he's just at his peak right now. He's not world-class because he's not done it consistently through his career, but he's come to 34, he's reading the game a different way and he's scoring goals and he's carrying this Bilbao team um, forward. So I, I wouldn't say he's world-class, but he's a very, very good player. Very good little league player. Lovely. Uh, this one should be sh a lot shorter. Juan Vargas said, do United regret selling Chicharito? Yes. No. Probably yes. No. Yes. No, so. you don't, do you no, don't no, think so? No, no I, don't, I think he'd be a different kind of player if he was there. 
and uh, probably played a different kind of football. Et cetera, et cetera. Would he would he be getting the chances if he was there? Mm. Maybe not. Maybe it's the, the right fit, right club, right place, right time. Uh, Ali so is a good player. Aliyah said, not sure if this was asked before, World Cup or Champions League? Um, is that as a player, which we'd rather win? I think so, yeah. I'm going to read that into it. I'm going to say I'd rather win the World Cup. because World I think Cup. Rarer. Champions, every four Champions years. League. Really? Yeah. yeah I think people, people uh, because of the Champions League every year, people maybe overlook it. Say if you wait 10 years ago. But everyone remembers every single World Cup winner, those standout players. They go down in football history. Yeah, I think it's also it's the World Cup. It's the World Cup, Dave. Doesn't matter. It's the Champions Jesus. League. It's Fair bigger. Way. My God. I'm shocked. What's wrong um, with you, Dave? Harsh Singal <laughs> said, what will be first and what will be better? Gigs managing Manchester United or Zidane managing Real Madrid? God. It's been a while. It's been a while. Please try to fit my question into the outgoing podcast. So there you go, Harsh Singal. Thank you for submitting your question. First, surely it's got to be Zidane managing Real Madrid. I reckon that's going to happen in the next two years. Uh, yeah. Probably. Uh, which will be better. Disappointingly I, so. Which will be better. I, um, I don't think we've seen. To be fair, we've not seen anything from either of them to suggest that they're they're great managers or coaches. Um, so it's difficult to say. You'd well, say Zidane's done, you know, at the Castilla, he's actually had a job in football <sighs> as a manager, uh, whereas Giggs has still just oh. been an assistant for X amount of years. So I'd say that Zidane potentially right now would be a better manager because he's done it, but that's mm. it. If Giggs went out and got a job um, for a year or two, different different sort of time, really, isn't it? Um, oh, wow. Here's a good question from Ibrahim Rashid. He said, you each have 30 million in January. Who do you buy for your club and why? Uh, Ibrahim said he would buy Lukaku for United. I'm afraid, Ibrahim, you would not get Lukaku for 30 million. Uh, he'd probably cost upwards of 40 right now. Yeah, say. maybe even more than that if we're thinking about current market yeah. value. 50 I mean, million, maybe. Yeah. So th- I'm afraid, as much as I like your suggestion, Ibrahim, you're not getting Lukaku for 30 million. Um, who would you like to see United sign for 30 million, Dave? I mean, you've talked about Mares in the last Mares, few Mares, yeah. Maybe Mares. <laughs> maybe Barkley. Barkley or Mares. Barkley again, would you be able to get him yeah, for that price? Yeah, 40, 50, I reckon, uh, every time we push for There's no need to sell for a lot of these Premier League clubs now. No I think need. With, with Man United right now is that they probably need a second striker more than they do need a winger. You know, you look at the last few games, Herrera missed a massive opportunity against uh, Chelsea. You had Fellaini missed uh, some brilliant chances against Wolfsburg. Um, against uh, Bournemouth so I think we need a 10 so even either Sado Mene Ross Barkley or Mahrez I'd say it's hard to say with 30 million who you'd be able to buy and I'm not too sure about Sado Berahino for Spurs Um, let's talk about signing I think Sandro from Barcelona wouldn't be too upset with that 30 million though Sandro's an interesting one he's more of a winger more of a wide player plays on the left okay Thirty million to sign a striker. Um, do you reckon? No, we wouldn't be able to get Lacazette, would we? Thirty Lacazette million. For Thirty million, maybe. His stock is obviously he's scored loads of goals last season. He's yeah, not scored it's fallen as many a little bit. The reputation. Fallen a little bit. Maybe down. you could slide in there with a bid. Thirty million quid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm going to say Lacazette then. I'm going to go in for him. Um, Would you get that, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. That's think, the thing. Uh, I, I think Liverpool would maybe be better going for. Mm, 
you know what? I, I'll go for a centre back for thirty. I don't know who yet. I'd love to know who you think fits in Liverpool for thirty million. A uh, centre back. Maybe Samuel Mtiti from Lyon. Very good young French player. I don't know if, I don't know if he's the kind of... No, I don't know. Well, very, uh, very good player. There's a talk of Subatic. I don't think he'll be 30. Yeah, yeah, he's not going to be 30. That's what we're saying. We're looking for players who are 30, right? I don't Spend know how 15 many players on... Oh, yeah, right. Well, he, just, he didn't say on one player, to be fair to me. I do. I mean, to be fair, I do I do like Sacco for 20. Uh, you know, I like Sacco at Liverpool. Um, maybe a, maybe another striker for Liverpool. Maybe you'd sell Benteke to Spurs. Whoa. Um, no, thank you. <laughs> and let Liverpool sign someone else. Someone a bit more, uh, you know, sort of... I'm a big fan that. of Benteke, but... You, you can you can keep him for now, mate. I'm a uh, big fan of him, but yeah, only now. You, you were saying earlier in the season you'd love to have signed him. Yeah, oh, I th- I would have loved to have signed Bandeke. Um but now, yeah, God, I just wish we'd signed Lukaku years back. Tuamo Nivellinian, who will be the biggest player to move in January. I think we talked about this last week. I'd said suggested maybe Berhino could be the biggest move. Uh, looks like he's going to leave West Brom. Um, Mahrez again, but I can't see him leaving. I can't what see about Wayne selling. Rooney to Everton in a swap deal. <laughs> Apologies, <laughs> like, uh, they oh, did not Dave, like that. Dave, Dave, was that your dogs? Stomach? No, that was uh, that was my sister's dog. Your sister's dog didn't his like name that. Is talk. Sherlock. <laughs> He's a big Wayne Rooney fan. Obviously, I was not a fan of Wayne Rooney to Everton for, like in a swap deal for Lukaku. <laughs> Everton would have to be <laughs> mental to take that. Um, who, uh, Jeremy AFC said, "Who is your favourite commentator?" Um, I quite like Danny Higginbottom at the moment. Yeah, is he commentator? Yeah, he comment. Yeah, he does. He, he does it on his BT Sport and that type of thing. I think he um, kind of gets the game. I think he understands it. Um, I like. Glenn I, do, I do think he gets the place. Yeah, I do think he gets the game. Good point. Um, I don't actually know. It's a good question. Uh, who would you say is your best? I, I do like Pat Nevin as a as a co-coms. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, big fan of Pat. Um, and then obviously Gary Neville as co-commentator. Uh, I'm trying to think who else you go for. Um, oh, Jamie Charriger? No, I don't think he's a commentator. I think he's a pundit. Um, and there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's you know, uh, to be honest, I, you know, there's obviously the, the classics like Martin Tyler's. You know, you can't, oh, you can't go wrong with Martin Tyler. But you can't really go wrong with either. Do you know what I mean? And then there's your classic Andy Gray. You know, there's nothing like a bit of sexism in <laughs> football. Ibrahim <laughs> uh, Rashid again saying he will finish higher Spurs on Man United. I think we all chose Spurs last week. Uh, Harry said, can Kevin De Bruyne cut the mustard for team of the year? Probably not. Uh, uh, oh, in the Premier League. I guess. Not yeah. been here long. Not been here long enough. Not been here long enough. Um, in England, I mean. I think if we do, if you know, if we didn't have Mesut Ozil in absolutely scintillating form, I think he would be in that number ten slot. If we're going to have one number ten in our team, but just because of that, he's got to be but second place behind Ozil, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't really want to read out this guy's name. Oh no, it's all right. His actual app name is Gabriel Woitz. Uh, thank you for your question. Do you guys reckon if Juventus won the Champions League, a Juve player would have made the Ballon d'Or shortlist? Do you mean like Nedved a few years ago? Yeah, I think without a doubt, surely. Say if they say if they'd won. Yeah, definitely. And you, for example, Tevez scored a goal or two in that final. That may have elevated Tevez above a level. Vidal as well, obviously. Uh, very important for Juventus if he'd sort of been there for them to for the final. Buffon as the captain could have been up there. Chiellini, um, the centre back. Yeah, maybe, so, I yeah. I think one of them might might have been up there. 
Halo, um, just for Halo's sake. For the banter. Um, yep. Nico said, is company really the solution to Manchester City's defensive inadequacies? Really? Yes. yes. Okay, we, we, we've covered that one. Uh, Nico also wants to know our top six predictions. You have to listen to last week's podcast, Nico. We sort of covered it there. Um, go and check it out and let us know what you think. Um, Varun Joshi, the main man, said, what was more shocking this year, Chelsea's struggles or Leicester's rise? That's an interesting question. I think Chelsea's struggle has been yeah, Chelsea's more shocking. Um, Leicester's form has been pretty in, was has been pretty incredible for 2015 as a whole. Um, as the whole, as the whole. To see them at the top or joint top now is pretty shocking. But I think for Chelsea to fall apart, what seemed like so dramatically, even if there were underlying issues there for, for a while. I think that's got to be the more shocking shot. Um, next question. This is a big question. Quabati Ashuitz said, as a black man, I wonder why are there so few black managers at the highest level? Uh, systemic issues, which maybe three white guys are not uh, qualified to talk about. Um, but you know, it's going to be it, it's going to be a slow process, or it has been a slow process so far, which is one that can speed up. Um, you know, people need to be given opportunities. Uh, there are systemic problems which still don't serve everyone in the game, and certain people overlook those because they believe that you know that, that people point to people like John Barnes and. Um, you know, other people like that in the game and they sort of go well you know other people have had their opportunity and they sort of speak as if that body of people therefore have had their chance um, and I don't necessarily think that's the case I think there's a lot more to it um, there's probably a lot of very frustrated people out there who want an opportunity but haven't had it yet um, uh, you know patience isn't necessarily the key I think while FIFA's busy breaking down let's highlight some of the problems which may be fed into FIFA's issues and the discontent which people felt because of that uh, Mo Ryder wants to know who will win the Europa League. A lot of good teams in the competition moment. Borussia Dortmund, Dave, of course. It's going to be Manchester United, right? Uh, no. They're in banging it form. It is not going to be Manchester United, I'm afraid. It's not going to be Spurs either. It won't be Liverpool. Um, Dortmund or Sevilla, I'm going to go for. Probably, I reckon Sevilla. I reckon they'll do it third time in a row. They just love that competition, right? Wow. Okay. Um, that is a big shout. Lawrence, you got any shouts for, for the winner of the Europa League? We've got uh, Dortmund, United, Sevilla, Napoli. Maybe Napoli playing very well. I was going to say Dortmund. Uh, Napoli, Napoli might be an outside shout. I just don't know if they have the long-term uh, aspirations there. Could you say Liverpool? I think with Napoli Liverpool? as well, it might go with them obviously competing at the top of Serie A. That might take precedence over winning mm. the Europa League. But could be. It's an interesting shout, was. I'll just shout for Dortmund. Liverpool. Obvious one. Um... And I think this is the final question this week. Uh, Ivan Dimitrov says, will Manchester United ever score a goal again? Uh, I think no. That's it. no. I think. It's over. How long has it been since they scored? A while. been two games. They scored against two Norris, games. didn't they? Yeah. So it's been uh, 180 minutes. I think they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll score again. Don't, don't panic too much. Will they ever win again? I mean, that's a bigger that's, question, that's right? A bigger question. Um, anyway, that, that brings an end to the Q&A podcast. The first podcast 2016. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for, for, for sticking with us into 2016. Hope you had a wonderful 2015. Lovely Christmas. Lovely New Year. Uh, if you do want to tweet us any questions, suggestions, thoughts, you know, anything you want, tweet us at the front three 
on Twitter. If you wanted to tweet Dave just by himself uh, and tell him how much you love him, Dave, where would they go? Where would they go? Um, they'd search S Q U A W K A D A V E, and then uh, they can send me abuse, love, well, hate, mate, questions, love. Um, if Lawrence people wanted to go over to you and maybe tweet at you about how Liverpool are never going to win the Europa League. Why would you encourage that? I don't. I mean, I, no, I'm not encouraging that. I'm just saying I'm encouraging you know, negativity. Hypothetically, um, but it lost cast L O Z C A. S-T. Make sure you get over there. Ask him who his most overrated players are. Underrated, just rated, overrated <laughs> players. Lawrence loves that question. And of course, go over to Adam and tell him why Spurs lack uh, a true mentality. <laughs> uh, in true the mentality. And do that, Adam energy. Boltwood. I think it was name, right? Uh, it is. That is my actual name, Adam Boltwood. Uh, please come and talk to me about Spurs mentality. There's nothing I love more. Uh, until <laughs> next time. We'll see you later on the front three. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.